Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, we're continuing in our series of lessons on the letters of John, the epistles of John. Um, the first lesson, we introduced the subject matter. Last week, we looked at lesson one. We talked about uh, walking in the light. Um, and that phrase and that terminology is going to continue on into chapter 2 as John is describing how uh, we as Christians ought to live. And he uses this analogy about walking in the light. And he's going to use that to talk about how we ought to um, love our brethren. And so he's going to continue with that as we get into chapter 2. So uh, for our evening's lesson, I wanted to talk about um, a few things, and the lesson will be fairly short tonight because we're, I didn't want to go all the way, get into uh, verse 12 uh, so much as, uh, because that's a whole lesson within itself. And we left off at the beginning of chapter 2, so we kind of got the first 11 verses here in chapter 2 to consider, so we'll be a relatively short lesson tonight. But what we want to look at is what John talks about in loving your brother. He talks about that in the first uh, 11 verses, and he'll come back to it as a theme that runs throughout this letter. But he starts off here in, uh, as we've looked at uh, already in chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, I am writing these things so that you may not sin. And we've already covered, actually, those verses through verse 6. So we're actually going to pick up in verse 7 tonight. But he says again, uh, another reason why he is writing. Let's read verses uh, 7 and 8 uh, from 1 John 2. It says, Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Uh, skipped over something there. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So he goes back to this um, analogy of the light, and we're going to talk about that as we go. But let's talk about first uh, what he says here. He says, um, Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you. Uh, so let's consider that uh, first of all. So he says, I am not writing a new commandment to you. So is this not a new commandment? He says, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. What is John talking about here? So he says it's not a new commandment, but an old one. So what is it that he's, that he's talking about? Well, in the context here, I believe what he's talking about is th this idea of loving your neighbor, of loving the brethren. And this is not an old, uh, big pardon, not a new concept. This is an old concept. Think about what our Lord says about this when he is questioned about what is the greatest commandment of all. What does our Lord say? He says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Here from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. This is the great and foremost command. And then he says the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Now, Jesus is not just, uh, I hate to say it this way, but he's not just pulling this out of the air. He's actually quoting from the Old Testament. 
He's actually quoting from Deuteronomy 6 and from Leviticus 19 about these commandments that they already had in place, that they should know. So when he was asked about what is the greatest commandment, he says, this is it, and you should know it because it's in the old law. So when John talks about this, I believe that's what he is referencing here. I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old commandment, which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. So much of our Lord's teaching was him pointing at the, at the, uh, the Old Testament and showing his listeners, look, this is it from the Old Testament. This is what these things mean. And a lot of times he would say, you should know this. And so when John writes here, he's saying, this is not a new commandment, but an old one. It still holds true. What is the great commandment? To love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's really not a new command, but an old command. But verse 8, he says, on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you. So how do we square that? How, how, do we, how does John go from saying this is not a new command, um, but an old one? But then he goes and says, on the other hand, it is a new command. Well, what he says in there, that it is indeed a new commandment. And he says that it is true in him and in you. What does that mean? It's true in him and in you. Let's go a little further and we'll, this will start to illuminate, hopefully. He says, the darkness is passing away, but the true light is already shining. That gives us a little bit of a clue to what he's talking about here. What is the, the darkness passing away and the true light shining? Well, he's making reference here to the, the law of Christ, to Jesus Christ coming into the, into the world and bringing the law of Christ with him. It's not the darkness any longer, but it's the light. And we'll get to another reference in, uh, about that in just a moment. So it's new in the sense that we're no longer under the old law, but under the law of Christ. And so it's the same thing. The law hasn't changed as far as what God expects of his children. He expects his children to love him and to love his neighbor. And that's written in the old law. But it is a new law in the fact that he's reiterating it. He's refreshing it. He's reminding them that indeed the true light, Jesus Christ, has illuminated everything. Jesus Christ has revealed the complete will of God. And so now it's no longer in darkness. Now the mysteries of God are no longer hidden. But the mysteries of God have been revealed. The light is shining. So it's new in that sense that we're no longer under the law of Christ, and Jesus is the light. He is indeed that light. Look at John's gospel. Turn back there for just a moment. As John uh, introduces his gospel, here in chapter 1, he talks about um, how in the beginning the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then he comes down... It makes brief mention here of, of, uh, in verse 6 about John the Baptist. And then in verse 9 he, goes, there he says, There was a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came into his own and those whose own did not receive him. But as many received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name who were uh, born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And he makes reference uh, back up in verse um, 
4 about the life and the light. And all these references, of course, point to Jesus Christ and him being the light that comes into the world and illuminates every man. So Jesus is the light. So in that sense, it is a new commandment. And it has been revealed, it has been uh, retold under the law of Christ. And so it is a new and old commandment at the same time. And what is the commandment that he's talking about here? Well, in the context here, what he's talking about is to love your brother. Let's pick back up in our reading here in verse 9. It says, The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So in the context here, what John is talking about is this idea of what's in the light and what's in the dark. And obviously what he's talking about here is loving our brethren and, and, uh, and being free from sin, those things that are in the darkness. And he says that you can't be in the light and hate your brother at the same time. Those things just don't go together. Because the love of the brother means that you are indeed walking in the light. So if you hate your brother, you can't be in the light. He says if you hate your brother, then you're still in darkness. Remember, what, what's on each side of this equation, light is where God is. Darkness is where sin is. So if you say that you hate your brother, then there's darkness that's still in you. But he says that we can be in the light if you love your brother. So here's the simple part of this equation in, in this section is, he's saying that if you love your brother, you're walking in the light. Now, of course, we know there's other things that go along with that, but in the context of what he's talking about here, in the part about what it takes to be righteous as far as the love of our brother goes, we have to love our brother. If we do, we're in the light. If we hate our brother, we're in the dark. It's that simple. And he says that uh, if you can be in the light if you abide in the light or if you continue in the light. So it's not just a matter of, if you use the analogy, it's not just standing in the light. I'm just you know, statically being in the light, but rather walk in the light. What does that mean? It means to abide in, to go along with. In other words, you have to be, it's a faith that's moving. It's a faith that is in action. It's not just simply being in static in one place, but a faith that's in action. And he says there um, that if you are in the light, there is no cause for stumbling. Isn't that interesting how he says that? Why? Well, in the analogy part of it, if you're walking around out in the dark and you have a flashlight, you minimize your chances of stumbling over something, don't you? Whereas if you don't have any light, then you greatly heighten your, your chance of stumbling over something. But if you're walking in the light, if you think about the walking in the daylight, you have a lot less chance of stumbling. One, because you can see where you're going. But in the spiritual sense, there's, there's something else. Um, look, if you would, in Galatians chapter 6.
In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, uh, let's back up to verse 1. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brethren, even if, uh, if a man is caught in any trespass, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Now go with me to Romans chapter 13. Think on the idea of fulfilling the law of Christ. What he says there as he's talking about bearing one another's burdens in Galatians. In Romans 13 and verse 10, he says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Uh, Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. So why is there no stumbling in the light? Well, if we put these verses together... What does it take for us to, uh, to fulfill the law? It takes us to love the brethren and to bear one another's burdens from Galatians. Putting those things together, if we're bearing one another's bur- burdens and walking in the light and, uh, and we are um, loving our neighbor, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. And guess what we're doing? We're walking in the light. So all this hinges back on how it is that we treat our brethren. If we treat our brethren with love, if we bear their burdens, then we're fulfilling the law of Christ, and therefore we're walking in the light. And if we're doing that, then there's no cause for stumbling. If we're doing that and practicing what it is that God wants us to practice, then there's no cause, there's nothing that's going to cause us to stumble in what we're talking about in this context. Now we know that we are going to stumble and we are going to sin. But in the context here, what he's talking about here is remaining in the light, fulfilling or or seeking after those things that that keep us in the light. And if we do that, we don't have any reason to stumble. He goes on to say, if you hate your brother, verse 11, but if you hate your brother, there's some things here that he reemphasizes. You are in the darkness. So guess what? You're apt to stumble. There's things that you will stumble over if you're walking in the darkness. And if you hate your brother, what are you doing? You're not fulfilling the law of Christ. You're not bearing his burdens. You're not loving him as a brother. You are in darkness. And you're walking in darkness. As we mentioned that, uh, you know, standing in the light versus walking in the light. Same applies to darkness. Who could just stand in the darkness uh, And that's uh, one thing. But if you try to move around in the darkness without being able to see, you're going to stumble over things. It's going to be hard to get around. And why is that? Because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. Because there's no light to illuminate that. Because the darkness has blinded your eyes. So this idea of fumbling around in the dark. Because the darkness has blinded your eyes. It reminds me of what our Lord says over in uh, Matthew 15. Turn there with me for just a second. Matthew chapter 15. Our Lord is, uh, is, is blasting uh, the Pharisees and the scribes of, for uh, holding on to their traditions and supplanting uh, the will of God and the traditions and the, and the law of God It's being supplanted because of the things that they hold to, these man-made traditions, these things that they have taken too far. 
And he says there in verse 9, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine the precepts of men. So he's blasting them for, uh, for engaging in this. But in verse uh, 12, it says, The disciples came to him and said, Do you not know the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? And he's, look what he says here in verse 13. But he answered and said, Every plant which is my, my heavenly Father did not plant shall be rooted up. Let then uh, alone... They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Jesus uses this analogy also. And the point he is making here, and he says, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be rooted up. The point he is making here is that these false teachers, these ones, uh, these Pharisees and scribes that are leading people astray, they're going to be taken out of the way. They're going to be supplanted by the true word of God, which is Jesus Christ himself. Let them alone. They are blind guides. Uh, and the, the blind leading the blind is how we sometimes refer to this. And so um, that's what darkness is. Blind leading each other around. But look where God is. Compare this to where God is. If we go back to 1 John and look in verse um, chapter 1 and verse 5, beginning. It says, This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So when we compare what's in, the, what's in the darkness and what's in the light, John reminds us that God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. We might stumble around in the darkness, and especially before we come to know Christ, that's exactly what we're doing. The people in the world are stumbling around in darkness. But through Jesus Christ we have light. We have the light that illuminates all men, mankind and shows us what the true will of God is. And in the context here of what John is talking about, he's talking about this loving the brethren. What it takes to, to be a child of God and to love your brother. It requires walking in the light. And if you say you hate your brother, then you're not walking in the light. That gets us through verse 11 in chapter 2. Like I said, I kind of wanted to stop there because the next section is uh, he's going to address some different age group people, and I want to spend some time on that alone. So we'll end it there for, for tonight. We'll conclude our time with the invitation, as we always do. Um, Larry's got an invitation song number 300. If you have any needs of the congregation... You can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.